This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Well... Uh, at the top in this hour, though, the latest on where things stand regarding autonomous vehicles or self-driving cars, as we tend to call them, they're coming. Obviously, the technology has made great leaps in recent years. We're not quite to the point where we're actually encountering these vehicles on the streets. But some companies say they'll have self-driving vehicles for sale maybe within the next four or five years. What are the rules, though, regarding self-driving vehicles? I think as typically is the case, the regulators are way behind where the technology is at. So I think we're going to be playing catch-up on this. And maybe in Canada, we're going to be playing catch-up to the United States. Today, the Department of Transportation uh, released its new policy on federal automated vehicles, or the federal automated vehicles policy. And so it's pretty wide-ranging. Now, it may not be perfect. Maybe it'll be changed. Maybe others have different ideas. But I think the fact that we're trying to spell all of this out is a positive step. Uh, joining us for some further analysis of what the Department of Transportation has proposed and how this should be handled. Very pleased to welcome the program here today, Ian Adams. He's a senior fellow with R Street, which is a nonpartisan public policy research organization based in Washington, D.C. Rstreet.org is their website. Ian, good afternoon. Welcome to the program. Hi there, Rob. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad you could join us here today. Appreciate this. So I, it was interesting because this, this really seems to be pretty comprehensive guidelines from, from the Department of Transportation. And so we can go through where they get it right, maybe where they miss the mark. But it, the big picture, though, is, is this a positive development, as you see it? Well, I think on balance it is a positive development. What we've seen to this point in the United States is development in fits and starts. So you've got a federal system here in the United States and you had various states, California, Michigan, um, even the District of Columbia. Um, you had you had jurisdictions developing their own autonomous vehicle regulations and rules, and that was leading to a situation where you might have vehicles, once deployed, rolling from one jurisdiction to another and inadvertently breaking the laws of another jurisdiction. So the, the role of the federal government here to normalize uh, the rules is really an important one, and their silence or relative silence to this point had been quite a problem. So on balance, it's a good thing that they're weighing in some of the details, as ever, the devil is in the details. Some of the details um, are troubling, but by and large, it's a, it's a good thing. Well, it's interesting. I think Canada might run into the same problem. I mean, how much of this is going to be federal jurisdiction? How much of this is going to be delegated to, to the states in the U.S. or the provinces here? And how is the Department of Transportation trying to strike that balance? Well, that's just it. So for some time, the federal government has had, in the United States, direct control over safety standards for a lot of vehicles. And that means, that means the technical nuts and bolts 
sort of stuff, right? Um, whereas the states have typically had control over licensing. You know, you turn 16 years old and you go and you take a driver's test or, or register in your vehicles, although it sounds like you're having a bit of an issue with that up there. Yeah. Um, those, those are traditionally provincial or state responsibilities, and the Department of Transportation here pretty much keeps those lines intact. But, but what's interesting is they had to do this because a number of states were starting to blur those lines. California, where I happen to be sitting right now in particular. What about the insurance question? Yeah, that's, a, that's another big one. So, so with autonomous vehicles, your insurance rates aren't going to make a whole lot of sense if they're based on your driving record, are they? Uh, it depends largely on the type of autonomous vehicle you have, whether it is semi-autonomous, which is to say you still have a steering wheel and can put in driving inputs, versus a fully autonomous vehicle uh, where there would be no driving inputs. The, the extent of your involvement would be putting in a destination. So in the United States, insurance is regulated at the state level. So each state takes a different approach to determining how rates are set for auto insurance policies. And, and I'm afraid to say I, I'm not entirely sure of how that's handled in Canada, but that's something left to the states in the United States, and that's why um, it's, it's crucial that the federal government has explicitly delegated that to the states, because that would be a tremendous shift in authority um, and was an open question for some time as the Department of Transportation was approaching this. It does seem as though the Department of Transportation, though, it, it has an interest in promoting autonomous vehicles or encouraging a transition to autonomous vehicles. They talk about the potential life lives that will be saved by, by this transition. So th- does it seem as though they're encouraging this and should they be encouraging this? Well, I think you're absolutely right, Rob. I think that they are encouraging it. And, and I, for one, think that they should be encouraging it. Um, recently, I was, I was in uh, Beijing in China in a country where uh, the proliferation of motor vehicles has been uh, remarkable. And what you're seeing is a, is a country where a relative lack of experience with, with driving has led to uh, a public health crisis. And, and we tend not to think about uh, driving-related deaths as a public health crisis. But here in the United States, nearly 40,000 people a year are killed in automobile-related accidents. In China, that number is near 200,000. So when you take into account that roughly 90% of deaths caused in automobiles are related to human error, the introduction of autonomous vehicles is the end of the single largest factor when it comes to automobile-related deaths. Now, of course, the technology has to be further proven, but at the end of the day, the folks that are being killed tend to be some of our, our youngest and, and some with the, the, the brightest future. So, so I am really bullish on this technology and what it can mean not only for, for the public health, but also, and I think this is an underreported aspect of this, but also for mobility for those who are uh, differently abled, those who are elderly, those who are unable to use vehicles currently. Um, we are going to be resurrecting all kinds of capital that is 
underutilized right now. The economic boom will be terrific, and just the human, the, the increase in human well-being as a result of this technology will be remarkable. I think it will be. And what's what's impressed me as well, and what we've been seeing in recent years, is uh, how quickly the technology has evolved. And it seems a big reason for that is there's so much competition. Everyone wants to be the first. Everyone wants to have an advantage uh, over others who are you know exploring this this same avenue. So, what about allowing that that competition and development of of new technology and advancing this technology? Is there a concern here that too much regulation is going to say put the brakes on things? Oh, always. Always. Um, so I, I take a, a particularly free market approach when I'm analyzing these things, Rob, for the simple reason that human well-being is often tied to humans being able to make the decision that, that best suits their individual circumstances. And so when it comes to the development of autonomous vehicles, a technology in an embryonic stage, to have regulatory standards that are overly prescriptive might lock us into a course that ultimately isn't the right one. So at the end of the day, the risk, the risk of overregulating this industry is enormous. But I'll say this, it, it's been exciting to see all of these different players in this field. And, and when I say different players, I don't just mean the big automobile manufacturers like General Motors or Ford. I also mean Uber and Lyft, these transportation network companies who've been taking a slightly different approach to the development of this technology. I think we're seeing that there are fundamentally different models that are going to be tested in the population to see which makes the most sense for folks. Absolutely. So I guess these guidelines are not necessarily the final word then. Is there still going to be an opportunity to, to go through this for various stakeholders to have a say and, and maybe make improvements where, where necessary? Sure enough, yes. So the guidelines are, are broken into four separate parts. You've got vehicle performance guidance on autonomous vehicles. Those are going to be more the technical safety standards. You've got a model state policy, which is uh, sort of quietly aimed directly at California, which has gone out of its way to attempt to limit the development of autonomous vehicle technology. Uh, You've got a description of the current regulatory tools available to the Department of Transportation as they attempt to interpret the rules on the book right now. And then you've got suggestions for some new regulatory authority that they would like to see granted from Congress. And so a lot of the tinkering is going to go on in two places. The model state policies, they are open for a 60-day comment period right now. And I'm sure all kinds of states and, and, and interest groups will be weighing in on those. And then the, the modern regulatory tools, the, the suggested new lines of authority, those are going to be vetted very seriously. And for me, I plan on, I plan on filing comments in that area because there's one particular proposal that is of concern, and that is the pre-market approval mechanism, whereby, unlike today, where you have a self-certification approach, which has by and large served the populace very well and has kept costs down and ensure the consumer innovations hit the market quickly, um, the federal government is proposing, requiring these new developments to be, to be approved by their folks before they ever reach the market. And, and that's a major concern and I think the single largest problem with these guidelines. Well, we'll see how it all plays out. More at rstreet.org. Ian, thanks so much for your insight here and appreciate you making some time for us. 
Thank you, Rob. Anytime. All right. Take care. Ian Adams, he's a senior fellow at R Street uh, in Washington, D.C., a nonprofit, nonpartisan public policy research organization, rstreet.org. So positive that uh, the Department of Transportation is addressing this, uh, seems to be embracing this technology. Maybe some areas where there's at least proposed more intervention than, than might be necessary, might even be counterproductive in some ways. I think at the same time, too, that if the U.S. is going to deal with this first, I suspect our regulations will end up mirroring theirs in a lot of ways. Uh, but, you know, regardless of what you think about self-driving vehicles, we do need to figure this out. We do need to, to have some rules in place so that once these are actually on the road, that is not the Wild West anymore. I get that right now we're still in the experimental stage uh, and some of these companies that have been doing pilot projects with this technology, they're doing it in certain cities or certain regions, and, and they've got permission and the approvals and all of that. But these are going to be for sale soon enough. We're going to actually see these on the roads soon enough. And do we want to wait until then to figure it all out, or do we need to do so before? Uh, 403-974-TALK is our telephone number and our text number, 403-974-8255. A quick break here. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.